Good evening, friends. Welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined in person by Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? How's your alternate Monday? Alternate. I like alternate Mondays. Mm -hmm. uh, good. It's a weather report for things. It's nice here. So uh, I, I, I see this as the, um, I'm, as listeners know, I'm very, my mood is always, is definitely predicated on the, on the weather and the temperature. Uh, I'm happy my Monday, alternate Monday is nice because it's the last, probably, probably the last nice day here in the Midwest of Indiana before it just stays sub 40. Yeah, I think uh, it know. was, I think it got up into um, low 70s, I think, or yeah. in the peak of the day. I don't know, according to the, according to the, the digital thermostat in my. Yeah, I'm in, camera. I'm in the process of getting ready to sell the house. Mm -hmm. So it's doing this last week has been last weekend as part of the report what I'm doing here is that uh, been doing a lot of stuff for the house outside doing everything I can right before the winter right like yeah. uh, making sure all the hedges are trimmed because they're not going to grow in the winter uh, cutting the grass one last time because it's not going to grow uh, the leaves are mostly fallen so you know getting the leaves out of the yard um, washing the exterior of windows and such so doing all that kind of stuff um, right before the last time and today I didn't have a lot of time because of class, but I had had Sydney go out and power wash the the last little bit of stuff I had. Um, uh, but so yeah, that's nice. And then and then um, it's also nice because like so you you've been here for the last couple of days, so that's that's always cool. It's a little kind of change of pace pulling out of the pulling out of the garage. You're like oh, we've been we've been calling it house outside our house, nice. Uh, nice. which is, which is kind of neat. Um, and then we pulled pulled in last night. Same thing. Your car's there or, or your truck's there. The, the camper's here. Um, so that that's always a nice little you know thing to, to see that come back up um yeah so how, how's how's your your weekend been you like so you're here with with the camper you're visiting family right yeah i'm gonna go down um probably to, I, I was just gonna stay here overnight and I forget that there's like you know stuff going on there's always stuff going on here yeah like oh i'm here i should stay for a couple more days so later this week or or maybe even this weekend i'm gonna go down to um, Bedford, mom and dad's property, and stay there for a while. And then next week, I'm moving on further south. I have um, RV park registration in uh, or reservation in um, Tennessee. Oh yeah, and it should still be warm enough there. I can maybe start using water in my camper again, which would be nice. This is this is. I mean, I know you've you've been living in the camper for for a while now, but like this is this is. I guess this is the first official you're done. Like, or you don't plan on going back up North for a long time, right? Like up to the house. No, I mean, we're, um, you know, we're doing Thanksgiving in Tennessee with my, my sister and brother-in-law's place. And then after that, I'll be going back up there. I don't think I'll take the camper with me. Um, but we're going to a, uh, going to a concert in, um, Detroit. It's, uh, the old, um, progressive rock band at Genesis. Oh yeah, right. I remember you said, mentioned that. Yeah, Phil Collins, yeah. Peter Gabriel. I don't think Peter Gabriel is is with them. It'll be Phil Collins and whoever else is still in yeah. the band. That was my dad's favorite band when he was young, young adult teenager. And so I and and my brothers David and Andrew both listen to him a lot. I I don't know if David's probably pretty close, but but between the three of us, I think I've I've probably listened to him the most just for this sake of years <laughs> um and so that'll be really cool it's like yeah. you know they've been broken up for a long time and they yeah. toured i think they toured in like 99 
and then again in 08 and they're touring now so this would be like yeah are, the last, are they the last time. are they touring with like phil collins and the original people phil is collins it? with them but he's i guess we, we just found out recently he's um he's had a lot of health problems oh right. he doesn't play drums anymore and yeah i think pretty pretty heavy drinker most of his life and that stuff so, so you so you how anyway that's right after thanksgiving yeah how, how does that how does that work with i because I, I guess i just we hadn't talked about something i really didn't t- talk about like how is it are you packed up from your parents house there's like is things in boxes and that room is your yeah. old room is now yeah. done or yeah i have a um a storage unit that i got when um when i moved out of my house and david and his wife moved moved in for a while mm-hmm. and then once they moved out we just left the house empty so that we could work on it freely um and so i just moved the rest of my stuff that i don't need like 70 percent of my board game collection um into that storage unit i might move it from there at some point um i have some kind of vague long-term goals or plans if um you know if i keep doing the rv thing probably get a different rig um mom and dad have a big property down in bedford and so maybe build a little like garage or or something down there if i don't find a small piece of property myself, but something, you know, with a garage and storage, so I don't have to right. keep paying for But it's it. conceivable that you could be after this week, like you could drive down, be down in Tennessee, Florida, Texas next month or so, and you won't have that house to go back to. I mean, they're not planning on, but who knows, right? They are actively right. they, looking to sell. They did have a plan where they were going to be moving, um, just before Christmas or sometime in December, um, they that deal didn't didn't come together. They didn't get um, the offers that they were hoping for. So I think they're while they're still trying to sell it, they're not very active because it's you know now going into holidays. Nobody's house shopping. Yeah, you know during the holidays really. Um, and so now they're looking at spring for the move. Okay. Um, right, but. Yeah, I mean, since I was in Bloomington last, which was a month and a half ago, it was terribly long, something like that. Um, I've been, I've been in the camper. Like it was yeah. easier for me to stay in the camper than I could clean out the whole that whole room that I was using. Yeah, um, and put the rest of it in storage, get the furniture out before, um, you know, they did open houses and stuff to try. Oh, and sell yeah, it. yeah. So yeah, that that kind of you're you're talking the last couple of weeks about you know, traveling with it and traveling out here and moving it around and just kind of being out of it, 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 it started to feel like that. Oh, you're actually not just like w- tipping your toes into the yeah. camp. Like you're in it now. Like, well, you will in this last or now, yeah. I guess now. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did that motorhome trip back in April, um, where I drove out to Salt Lake city. Um, and we recorded, uh, I recorded from a hotel room there. Um, but this, um, this next week, a week from today, a week from yesterday, something like that, will be the first time that I've taken this my camper to an actual campsite. Yeah, and not just you know here in your driveway or or back yeah. at my parents. Yeah, I can actually. This is my home for a little bit. Yeah. this is my place. Yeah, because anybody else's house, like even here, you like you're in my driveway per se. But but um, 
you know, you go to a camp thing, that's, we're now on that, that is your space, like as if, say, a hotel would even more so than a hotel, because it's your, like, a little lawn, and your, yeah. your, you know, water, or whatever it might be, so. My parking spot with a picnic table. With a picnic table, right, yeah. yeah. Or, you know, make 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 some fire, or whatever, you might want to do any anything in your time, so yeah, that's, that's really cool, I mean, it, it's, it's weird, are you pivoting a little bit, um, since you mentioned staying here, or going down to your parents' some. It's like Bedford from listeners knowing it's only like 25 minutes away from where, where Bloomington is, where Dennis and I do a lot of stuff here. Um, I think driveway to driveway, it's almost 40 because they're on the southeast side of, oh, down there. of Bedford and you're on the northwest yeah. corner of Bloomington. Right, yeah. But, uh, yeah, basically, basically it's less than an hour. But my question was coming was that uh, um, this weekend's one of the big weekends for, uh, so the fall, you said there's always something happening here, right, Bloomington, but the fall even more so. Um, we, and we, because the sports starts happening and the football game is happening and it's our, uh, big crab boil thing, which is always fun and awesome. And we have, uh, Mr. Pat, a friend of the show and Captain Chris, uh, are our big cooks and, uh, providers of that stuff. And they've always, it's one of the coolest, biggest, awesomest experiences of like crab. They just throw it on the table and it's like a bunch of feasting sows and pigs just coming out of nowhere and just devour crab. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to um, if I'm, I'll probably move the camper down there before like like Friday afternoon or something. Um, but I'll definitely just drive back up. Yeah, you have to say you, you, if you're there, if you're even in the area, you, you should. Yeah. So close. And actually, Sarah and Andrew are both down there helping Dad um, work on stuff, and I am hoping one or both of them can come back up and i think sarah might have to go back up north before before that happens and i don't know what andrew's plans are like he's he's between jobs now but he um he dms he runs dnd and so sometimes he wants to be back on a weekend so he can go up because he only does it in person oh right yeah right he oddly for as much like video gaming that he does is uh, a little not anti-tech but like he he's not interested in in playing D&D online. Um, I I don't I don't blame him. I, obviously like, recently we we've start, we've started we started playing again here locally um and completely. yeah and we, we play obviously Klingons and Dragons online. Uh we've done some things other with like Fox Online with D and D and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just a different kind of experience and it's and it works. I think playing Guns and Dragons would have been much different if we had used video. I agree with that. Like yeah. We weren't in the you know, the the COVID lockdowns and stuff have made us all more comfortable with video conferencing um practices and, and, and things like that. And I think we could have done that, but when we did Clean Guns and Dragons, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah, was, right. It, it all it took was one of us to be like, I don't really want to do video if we didn't do video. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But in, in person, there's, there is just like, we're sitting here at the table now where we play D and D at, and, and it's just, uh, just like recording in person, being able to look over at somebody and have that constant contact, even with anything, you just get feedback a little bit from stuff. I mean, it's, we're not saying anything that's new. It's just but, different. And I mean, there are people that's, the first role playing I did, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but when I was in high school and college, um, we did Star Trek role playing. That was people call it pen and paper. I mean, it was online, right? We weren't writing on paper, but it was 
Play by mail, wasn't it? Like, or, it but was, not real mail. Yeah. Kind of like play by mail. It was a website, and we would click through, and it had all its own little quirks. But it was more like email. Like you had to do it on the website, but you would go to your ship and go like, "Oh, there are new messages," and it would just show them to you one after another. And then it had a, it had a like reply format, right? Like emails do, where their lines mm-hmm. are a little, you know, greater than. Um, and she would go like, okay, what's in this thread? Oh, that's on the bridge. My character's not on the bridge. So next, next, next. Okay. Here's this one. They're talking to me. Okay. Let me think. And, and then I would have FOMO says, with that kind of game. This, and I'm like, okay, commander, I think that we can do, you know, I, I'm typing it up. And that was the whole thing. That's like another level removed. It was more like writing than, um, shared writing. Yeah. Than w- where, you know, D and D can be more like improv. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Yeah, person role playing, I should say. Yeah, not... I would I would have FOMO with that kind of experience. That like, I had me checking all the time. Are they are, are they going to say stuff without me? Are they going to talk well, things? I wanted to have some stuff. Had, the, the, talk about some old tech here, but the website was was written in Perl. Mm-hmm. You remember? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had IRC. Right? Yeah, we had chat channels similar to how we use Discord now, but we we had IRC. So we go in IRC and then we talk about different stuff and somebody would be like hey so and so do you want to like i'm bored at, at work or or whatever you want to you want to do some tag posting and what that was is somebody would go on the ship and be on one of their ships i mean i think at the peak i had like five characters on six or seven ships because i'd get like i'd read them all and i'm like there's no more to read can i join can i make another character and join another ship yeah, this see is yeah. another shape i want to try a medical officer on this one or whatever but right. we would tag post so somebody would type type up their post and we do like some side side plot they're like we're going to go in the holodeck and we're going to do this or we're going to meet up and, and our characters are going to do this or we would make up a um they call them ne mm-hmm. nameless engine yeah. except they always have names which <laughs> is you know the star trek nerds but right. um you know they would type up their post and then come back into um, IRC or yeah, IRC and go, okay, great uh, tag. I don't think I was on that site. I yeah. forget what it went by, but, um, and then, then I would go and type up that and I go back to tag. And so we would just, you know, m- like the posting was almost immediate um, because we would say when we were done, they would reply. And so it wasn't, it wasn't real time, yeah. but it, it became, like in that instance, that side story changed from email to more like um, interactive type chat. Yeah, chat things. Um, and even email isn't a great comparison um, because more like a message it, board kind of. Yeah, it's more like a forum or message board because there was no there was no way you could interact with it with an app or on mobile. People were just starting to have cell phones, but I wanted to like read posts on my Palm Pilot or whatever, and there was no way to do that. Right. Um, I mean, now with smartphones, you can just go on the website with your smartphone, but we didn't have, you know, this is like 2001. Correct. But um, email, you have an app, right? So you get notified when a new message comes up. Basically, you had to like actively look and scroll through all your all your new posts. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I went, I went, went. but I read. When when we were doing Clean Up the Dragons, I read about people who um played Star Trek Adventures that way. 
because yeah. it's a system with so little like mechanical things you're doing with dice like uh, right are, yeah. compared to D D, like yeah. so little right um and i've played D with people who do almost no die roll yeah right yeah. um but they would run they would run star trek adventures like on a discord server where oh, they're right, just yeah. they're just you know just typing it typing, out messaging well they um, have what's funny thing is and I, I didn't really talk to you about too much but they have those mechanics for discord there's discord bots or whatever they're called, okay where you can add like the D and D dice rolls and stuff like that. Sure, so sure. I know people will play on, do that kind of stuff and then they'll have roll a thing and it, and it rolls, you know, digitally and it shows it in the channel that someone's rolled an eight or something. So, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, I can roll 20. Yeah. Like that, you know, um, but you know, roll 20 is a little bit more advanced, but, um, yeah. but yeah, in general, Just the chat part of roll 20 has die rolling. Yeah. But... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it adds that to discord, which I think is pretty neat. And, and for people who do very little minimal die rolls and might want to occasionally use one for something, then they could, they could play in discord that way, which is, you know, really pretty cool. Discord is, you know, pretty awesome. Um, yeah. So, well, that was a long way how, how we did uh, on a Monday. Um, oh, yeah, that was a segue from our, our, real life catch-up right uh, uh speaking of real life catch-up we did you were here yesterday for game night mm-hmm. which was a, a little odd game night that we had on tuesday because iu basketball game was happening and a lot of our guys have tickets and we had a sub a, a sub sub what's the word i'm looking for subset of, of, of the, the people right yeah people, that, that came regular crowd. Uh, but we, we we did anyway we were like hey we'll do it anyway we'll we'll, we'll play late and Let's get a new game yeah, so eager to try. Yeah, uh, and it was perfect for you coming into town. Yeah, yeah. It's the the game title, and I'll put a link in the show notes. But it's World of Warcraft: Wrath, Wrath of the Lich King. And we, we joked about it because you bought it, and we were like, "Oh, did you finally buy Wrath? You know, yeah. you're only twelve years behind." <laughs> I mean, it, the the box looks like the Wrath of the Lich King box, like the Wrath of the Lich King uh, expansion for World of Warcraft. Yeah. But it's Z Man Games. It's I'm, I want to say. Built on the pandemic engine, which yeah. is not a thing, right? The yeah. pandemic engine, but it's it's built using a lot of the pandemic mechanics. Sure. Not all of them, yeah. Uh, but it's like, would you say, like seventy percent pandemic? I don't even know it's that honestly. I mean, I, I expected it to be a pandemic clone, and I would not call it that. It, I, I, yeah, and it. Because that happens all the time, right? Like, there are 300 versions of Monopoly. Yeah. And they're all still Monopoly. Yeah, th- this isn't a uh, Warcraft-skinned pandemic. No. No. Um, I mean, there are still locations on the map. There are still cards that make bad things happen on the map, when, and, and the cards correspond to the locations. But there's no, like, there's no spreading. Um, there's a string of my hand. Um, there's no spreading mechanic. There's no set collection. Yeah. Um, there's much less like group think in terms of you know what one person should do on their turn. Like that's my even even more as you talk about it, it makes me realize less and less of how much that game actually. Is that's, pandemic. that's the way that I think about pandemic is like it comes to your turn and unless you're on top of it and really know what you're doing, people are like, okay, what have you got? Well, you've got a red, and Trotsky has two reds. You so. We, if we can get him that red, that's good. But oh, that person's got the whichever role only needs four or needs three instead of four. Like it'd be better if he had it. But which cards you have to travel? And like you do this, like you know, group mentality thing. thing. 
and lends itself to alpha gaming and and whatever. But in this game, your cards are used to quest because it's a WoW themed um, thing, and people can help you with your quest, but you can also do it. You can do it completely by yourself. Yeah. You, like you don't need you don't need help in the way that you really need help in pandemic to clear out the, the different color yeah, you, you have to like do it in one shot in this game you you and can do are, phases and then stuff. there are dice so you quest by rolling dice and then supplementing those rolls with um cards the cards that you have well let, let's because we're kind of being a little bit a little vague long. on some of this stuff let's let's do this it's it's easier to talk about so we we're talking about world of warcraft uh, wrath of the lich king board game by z-man games um what I'd like to say is what it is similar. What's similar? What what mechanic? When you say like it's built on the engine, what what does that mean? I would say that um, f- this would for people who play Pandemic, the game Pandemic is a very popular game, and you understand that game at least a little bit, right. then you'll follow along with what I'm going to say pretty simply because yeah. it just has some core things. Like um, on your turn, you have so many actions that you can do. There's four, um, and there's a list of actions on a card. So we're not going to go over those, but like actions that you can do. One of them being move. Right. Movement your, your identical thing. to pandemic. Yeah. So, and, and there are uh, not cubes on the board that need to be maintained and put out. There are little scourge there are things. Scourge, if you're a WoW player, or undead. Right. If you're not, there, there are small ones. So that's similar. And, and like that, they're cubes. And you have to go around. And the, those are on spaces that you have to go stop. Now, in pandemic, that's, it's, it's, it's a cube that you go and you do a thing to stop them. The world and its cities. Yeah. In this game, it's a map of Northrend. And they're locations towns and dungeons and 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 instead of cubes we're doing similar things here instead of cubes there are ghouls and you have to go get those uh, you have to make make sure that those ghouls don't get too many because if you get over three on a thing like pandemic it 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 spreads and gets bigger in this game it doesn't spread but it does other bad thing right so so it's the same it's that's the same mechanic that you want to maintain those things while still trying to do the main goal keep the you want to keep the spread or the the bad yeah. Let's just say, not viruses. They're undead. Uh, you know, the zombies, but not really zombies. Yes, yeah. and and then and the other another core mechanic is that after you do those actions, um, you you basically pull a card out that says just like pandemic that says a location, uh, city, or in this game, a, a wild city, and that's where you put another ghoul in. And you do so many, depending on how, how, what the threat is level is, which pandemic has as well. And this one has as well, like a threat meter. Um, and the, the more, um, you know, you get more, it gets worse and worse, you know, the, the, as a threat. So these are very, those are very similar things. Um, and then you also draw a card that, it, no, that's not, that's not pandemic either, which I, which triggers something. There are, there are city cards you draw that spawn more undead. And there are well, they shovel back on top. That's the thing. And they shovel back That's on a pandemic. Top. There are player cards that you draw into your hand, and in that player card deck are cards that make bad things happen. But I don't think that's pandemic mechanic, right? That's not. That, I, I don't remember that being something in pandemic. That's where the is it? Is it? That's where the epidemic cards. Epidemic are. cards are. Yeah. Okay. So it is like that's like mechanic. Okay. Uh, so like like that when you draw your cards. what happens are a little bit different, right. but it's still you like you move the the skirt of the threat level thing up and then right. there's like there are two tracks one is the how many bad things spawn when you do the spawn yeah. phase and the here's how close you are to losing because yeah. it's right and and it this now 
Now that's, I think that's mostly all of the, the similarities right. from game mechanics of what those two are. Now, I don't want to go over all the differences, uh, but I can do some similarities. We and talked about that a little bit earlier. Did. But in, in Pandemic, there is, you have to, there's the main goal, which is cure four things. And this one, the main goal, it, and it has its mechanics to do that, trade and set collection. And this, this one, it has a main goal like Pandemic does, but it's nothing like that one. It's, it's complete quests, which has its own mechanics way of doing things. So that's nothing like it. They have, except that they're main goals, right? Right. That's I'm doing air quotes here. Main goals, uh, but but they're but the mechanics and the way that work is not similar to each game at, at all. So if you if you've never played Pandemic, um, and I guess if you've also never played World of Warcraft, I don't know why this game appeals to you at all. But you should play Pandemic and Pandemic Legacy. Those games are great. Yeah, there it's a little weird to talk about in post COVID world, but um, yeah. It was like, oh, that's a word. We, we've been using that word in like for, for years. Anytime somebody said pandemic, they were talking about a board game. Right, yeah. And, you know, for the last year and a half, we've been talking about something else. But yeah, right. um, so, okay, this is a game where you've got a map and on the map are locations and three of those locations have quests and the map is divided into three zones. That's not really that important. You have to complete those three quests um, and you do that by rolling dice and playing cards on your turn with one of your four actions. And each quest is different, but right. the same mechanics. Um, and once you complete those three quests, then Ice Crown Citadel, which is the fortress where the Lich King, the, the big bad, uh, lives, it opens up and it has its own quest. And you fight the Lich King. Which, which is hard. It's a bigger, harder which, quest. Then, and I should say, with five of us five of us um who have all you know played pandemic quite a lot um all veteran board game players uh we lost it. yeah it's, it's a difficult um, we, we did unlock the lich king we got to the last stage and then somebody got knocked out and pushed our our you lose track up to, 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 to up the thing, yeah and and i and um so that mechanic of the questing is, is interesting, fun, and different, um, and, I, and it, it, may, it makes it plenty enough different alone. The Lich King does throughout the game as part of those what we call the epidemic cards. Harry you, so he adds plus damage to stuff. You have a hit points, which is also right. a different thing. Yeah, you play you play as heroes, and they're wow heroes, heroes from Warcraft, Jaina and Sylvanas, and, and they give you individual them. abilities. But they're not like like you said, they're not like pandemic where they have to be used for everything like they're they give you advantages but they're not like oh you can't play without the doctor and you special powers but they don't seem to dictate your gameplay as much as the roles in pandemic do yeah yeah and like you just said you you like outlined the guy the, the doctor or the the dispatcher or whatever in pandemic that really informs what you're going to do on your turn on every turn it's right. something you were way better at than anybody else yeah and, and this one it just gives you an advantage on something that everybody does too, yeah. right? So, but they don't do the same thing the same way. Yeah, I played Jaina, and so like I could, I could teleport. I could move four spaces on my move action. Yeah, without and, and, and Captain Chris had one like if you were, he would stop ghouls from spawning around him, mm-hmm. right? It's it's nothing that was exploitable the way that pandemic stuff is, but there's still there's still you know there's ad- advantages yeah. to it. Now, uh, wrapping for, the, for replayability, there are a, a lot of yeah. heroes. Like, 
10 of them or something. Locations, and quests. The whole stack of quests. Right. That's the one. I was trying to think whether we did the difficult thing. We didn't use the recommended first time playing quests. Yeah. Trust them out at random. Yeah. So we might have made it more difficult. Honestly. I prefer to do that anyway. I, I, I will say... Generally, better players, like, we got pretty yeah. close to winning. Yeah. Even with that. So. I, I th- and, and honestly, it wouldn't have been... I would have rated it less had we won. Like, if we would have played this game and beat it in the first go, I'm not sure it would have been that great to tell everybody let's pull this back out again. But Trotsky will pull it out again now that we have lost, and that, which is good. Not that winning ends the game, but you want to be challenged. If there was no challenge, then there's no reason. Uh, so wrapping this up on this this game, um, uh, it, it has plenty enough difference in Pandemic. If you're even mildly a Warcraft fan, then this is this is probably – I would say – better than pandemic to pick up because if you've played pandemic before that gets old you can play it on the app so much it gets old the other thing we didn't mention is the production quality on the game is is very nice the i played gina and her she's got a big staff if you're not familiar with the the character design and it was you know plastic molded so it was a little curved and bent which sometimes happens but a lot of like the 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 sylvanas figurine and the um obviously the arthas or the lich king um, figurine were all very detailed all the little um there are ghouls and abominations um and the abominations looked really cool too and i i, mean, I, I pointed out little silly things but for miniature painters and collectors it's huge because like sylvanas my character had elf ears sticking up little on a miniature pointy ears and on most miniatures that's just like tagged to like, taped sides. to the sides of their head it just like a a sculpt instead of like yeah. actual having pointed ears sticking out of the thing and every little thing was like you that you know the character design in warcraft the the night elves and high elves have very long ears they're not like yeah. um she had holes like the miniature had holes, holes in the cape. elves or you know look kind of like yeah. Vulcans or instead of just like painted on holes it was actual holes in her cape oh, she has like a tattered yeah cloak and it's yeah, yeah there were holes so in so it. those things were like, now this is a game that is sold at target Target exclusive. Yeah, and it's he said it was about $60. So, which is expensive for a Target game. But we were clear, pretty obvious that if, if you're a, mildly a painter person, then it's worth picking this up for 60 bucks just for those minis to paint because they were so cool and so and so well done. And, and, and the production quality is nice. So, yeah, I, I would say that it was fun. It was cool. It was challenging. I enjoyed playing it. Um, and... The, the miniatures itself were, were something to worth worth buying for. Um, not set, there are actually really great minis in other games that are, you pay $120 for. I think Gloomhaven has some, some stuff like that. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, Gloomhaven has a lot of stuff, but it doesn't have a lot of minis. Yeah. Like right. just the characters. The, the characters. Are all oh, that's right. It's their little stand up things. Yeah, right. We played another little game. I don't think you played it. Oh, yeah. The um, stadium. Really. I was cooking spaghetti at the time. Really simple, dumb dice game uh, called Strike. It comes with this big plastic, like, bowl thing that looks kind of like a stadium with tiered, you know, seats, whatever. Um, Up to, I want to say, five or six players. Um, I'll start with six D6s, which are standard dice, except these dice have X's instead of ones. And you start with one guy down in the bowl. I'm just going to say bowl. Um, all of them. Maybe I should say stadium. That makes it sound more interesting. Because it's not actually a round bowl. There, it's it's a stadium, it's so it's bowl. got it's got to be a flat area it's on the bottom. Kind of like football stadium in terms of the there shape. Is, and then it's, got a, it's important that there's flat. Yeah, the flat bottom, right, right. 
Um, and so on your turn, you have to roll, one, to roll at least one die. You roll them one at a time. Uh, you can throw them in such a way that they hit dice that are already in the stadium. Um, and then there are three, yeah, three possible outcomes. Um, if your die or any of the dice that you hit go out of the stadium, um, those dice are removed from the game. If you roll an X or one, um, th those dice go out of the game. Um, if you if you hit dice, they change. The, whatever their new face is is the is the you know the active face. And if any of those are an X, those go out of the game. Um, if you roll, if there are sets, if there are pairs or higher showing in the bowl, your turn is over and you take any matching dice. And then if at the beginning of your turn there are no dice in the stadium, you have to roll all of your dice. Um, when then, then your goal is to not run out of dice. Right. Whoever runs out of dice last whoever's the last man standing yeah whoever right. has dice in their hand still to roll whoever's the last person with dice in their hand wins yeah um I feel, it feel it felt like i didn't play it but it felt like the whole game. it felt like um a game you could play at a bar with a bowl like now i just said i made a point that it was flat and then that is true but like with maybe a big enough like cooking bowl or something you, you just play with dice yeah. right it's it seems like a pretty standard like gambling game yeah right Everybody puts in five bucks, and whoever wins takes the pot. A dollar of dice, or something like that, you know, dice or or whatever. Yeah, and you could also play it with standard dice. I kept saying that when we were playing. You get those um, I don't know the exact dimensions, but you get those small d sixes that you know, you know the, the plastic box you get polyhedral dice stuff, in. Yeah. They sell the d sixes in that. That yeah. it's the like twenty Stacked. of them. Or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and everybody has a million dice D sixes sure. anyway. Even if you're not a board gamer, somewhere you've got D sixes lying around. You just say that the ones go out of the game, and so it's dice and it's random, but there's still a little bit of strategy with the with the throwing and hitting. Um, it's still even hitting a, a random. It's still it's all, random. all random, right? But it, it take it took twenty minutes at most, right? Yeah. Um, which was like enough time for this, the meatballs to cook. And that was, that's all, that's all we needed it for. Uh, yeah. That was, that was a neat little, little thing. Uh, so we, um, yeah, so we get the football game this weekend. We had that tomorrow is Thursday and maybe even salad. Um, so the, that should be, it should be a fun thing. Uh, okay. There's a couple of things we're going to talk about before we go. Like we got to talk about our show this week, our movie that we watched. Um, and then, um, a bunch of trailers kind of dropped in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I know we want to talk about which one you want to do first. Um, we could just go down this list so we don't get confused. Okay. Um, so the first the trailers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, trailer trash. Trailer trash. So first we've got this uh, uncharted movie. Um, I'll just say <laughs> this uncharted movie. <laughs> uh, based on the on the very popular video game franchise, Naughty Dog uh, Studios, uh, PlayStation exclusive. Um, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake. Drake's there's that name again. Uh, often voiced by Nathan Fillion. No, no, no. no. Right kind of wants, like he, he he sounds kind of sounds like him. He looks like Nathan Fillion. Five, ten years ago, he really you know had the look. So I'll just say 
what I think most people are thinking. Tom Holland is too young for this role. Too young for this role. We all said that when he was Spider-Man and he was great as Spider-Man. Spider-Man's great because Spider-Man's supposed to be high schooler. Young. You're like, you're like, no, it only seems he only seems young because Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire were a little too old. Yeah. Um, well, this this felt this this trailer already, which the trailer itself doesn't feel bad. I, no, I will say. I mean, the, yeah. the trailer looks fine. I mean, you throw some Led Zeppelin in there and, you know, Marky Mark is fine. And yeah, it's, it's like very adventurous, right? Yeah. It's got some cool scenes, it looks like, far. Yeah. So the trailer itself was pretty they, cool. They recreated scenes right out of uh, some of the games, the third and fourth game. Um, I've not played them all. I know I've played three and four and maybe also played two. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've said, how, how do I say this without, without feeling ageist here? Uh, I, I've never seen, and again, I didn't play the first game, yeah. but I don't feel like I've ever seen Nathan Drake in the Uncharted series under 30. Except when he's a kid. In flashbacks. In flashbacks, right, right yeah. And Tom Holland is 25. Yeah. And I'm not like, you know, that's not, that's whatever. Like, you know, people in their early 20s play high schoolers all the time because it's just easier to have adults working than to have actual, you know, under 18 people and you know for well, just, reasons, the, the, but... the problem is it feels very 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 i'm saying again very 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 obvious that this is a um pr- producer or a company's choice that video games that someone says the word video games everything else that follows from a from a company standpoint from the ceo and wherever yeah. people are is blah 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 he said video games that must mean it's for 20 20 to 30 year olds well, this is our this is our target like nope uh, um, no 30 year old is going to watch this movie if it's yeah, got a 30 year old nobody in charge was paying attention to the witcher yeah right and, right and um well that's that's kind of my example is that i'm drawing a blank on his name um, um Geralt. superman yeah oh henry cavill um, henry cavill yeah or cavill. i don't I think, know. It's, I think it's yeah I don't know. Um, whatever that guy yeah, like I was gonna bring him up, by the way. After that movie, you know, came out and he was in interviews and talked about gaming, and he put a video on YouTube of him building a PC. Yeah, it's like you know, ripped, you know, big yeah. actor, uh, you know, action action movie actor, and so, like nobody was paying attention. They're like, oh, all the it's like in Mythic Quest when they, they have still think it's little kids talking yeah. about this about this MMO, and he's like ten. Yeah. And I'm, Ten year olds are playing MMOs. We the thing is like you go to a anyone who's been to Penny Arcade Expo or Gen Con or anything else realizes that there are billions of people from all ages. It goes yeah. from old old people to young people to kids. You know, they, they didn't they never saw evenly the, distributed. They never saw the video game grandma on YouTube playing Skyrim. Oh, have or, you seen the video game grandma playing the sniper in Call of Duty or whatever? Oh my god, it's just so but, good. You know, like you know, just like everything else being made like video games really exploded on the culture in the eighties. And so there's a like big chunk of the demographic are people our age, but, but people know. running movie studios are still fifties and sixties. They, they are people who did not grow up with that. They, yeah. Even to them, Pac-Man was when they were in their twenties and they even later, they were like, that, that just went on. So they're still, they still just cannot equate those things. It's either that or just, you know, trying to capitalize on the popularity of, of Tom well, Holland. That's, right that's the other thing is like, so the first thing you say is video games, blah, blah, blah. It's this age. Okay. Who is the, who's the hottest person in that age group? Tom Holland. Right. So movie studio, this feels so much like a movie studio. Cause they're like, okay, video games, uh, this age group, who's the hottest one, that guy. 
right? Okay, there we go. And then, and then it's even more, more, even as egregious is okay. So this character has an older mentor, which Sully is like fifties and sixties, right? And they're like, uh, Mark Wahlberg, right? Okay, that dude is not in the. You're so he also doesn't seem old enough. Yeah. Uh, so but anyway, I mean, they, they don't have to. I get the Nathan is too old. Yeah. Now to play that role, and I don't know, you know, dreamcasting who I would, uh, who I would have rather seen this role like i'm not i'm not in love enough with the franchise to have a really strong opinion on it except that as i said at the beginning of this conversation Holland looks too young well, i'm sure it'll be fine i'm sure the yeah. movie will be it's a video game adaptation so everybody's expectations should be really really low like i think still to date the best video game adaptation is still sonic <laughs> like mortal Kombat had its moments but was still got really convoluted i'm sure, I'm sure there's some movies out there that i'm forgetting that were like right unless right. you are unless you're a big mk fan um you know that movie just lost it and did its you yeah. know it did the thing we were talking about off the air well it, it's not it's right. not necessarily that he's young which it is it's it's that with these kind of things that people struggle with is that the situations that they're in the age fits with what's believability Right. right. Like the fact that, that someone who is 22, 23 years old um, has the full knowledge of all of this historical stuff that would take a long time, years of study. And then and then also have the knowledge of and money and resources to be able to get to all these locations, know how to even know how to rent a boat. I mean, right. You know? I mean, the obvious comparison, you know, that ever is Indiana Jones. Right. right. And he was in his like 30s or something. In his, I mean, it was post Star Wars. So, you know, he looks like, like, yes, he's young, but not, not inexperienced young. That's the thing is it, it makes it, it makes it believable when someone of the appropriate age is in there. It's the same thing as you want an 80 year old, like now you get Indiana Jones and he's like, you know, 70, 80s year old, you know, him being Indiana Jones is also not believable, right? right? Like it's the same equivalency there. You, you just don't have that. Um, so th- that's what it is. It's, it's that, you know, so I want to, I want to say one thing last on this real quick, as we go to the next one mm-hmm. is that, uh, with that age thing, it's the same problem I have long had with things like Superman when they would make movies like with Brandon Ruth or other guys that were like younger, they tried to make them all younger and, and they were like, oh, you're just trying to make it for the younger audience. Superman is in his middle ages has always been as a kid. You look at it depends as an adult. You don't look for your peer right? That's Superboy or something. And right. so those movies just don't have that like connection type stuff. Um, or when you put Lois Lane as someone who's also like uh, supposed to be the biggest reporter in the world. And she's like, just out of, uh, not even barely out of college, if anything. So you're like, you're really not doing believability here. You're just trying to put people to who's watching the screen. That's me. Yeah. You know? for, for all of my issues with the Zack Snyder. Fantastic Four, that was another one. They're all really young. Yeah. I think um, both Amy Adams and Henry Cavill were were good cast. Yeah, for that there were a yeah. lot of problems with those movies, but casting wasn't yeah. one of them. And, and even even um, uh, Batfleck was you know Ben Affleck was was you know a, a middle aged Batman type thing. I had, you know? I had my doubts about that because I'm not a big Ben Affleck fan, and I don't. I it's also, like casting Tony Stark as a 22 year old. Like yeah, I did, I didn't mind his age. It just is weird to me when you take a well known actor. Um, and cast them in something like that that's really specific. I, I didn't think that he could pull it. And again, there are a lot of problems with Batman versus Superman, but Ben Affleck is not one of them. Not one of those things, yeah. So so they, they you know, casting casting is a big thing. 
Um, and this just, this just definitely feels like a studio decision, that thing. So, so hopefully moving beyond that, the, the directors, writers and everything were like, okay, fine. We have to acquiesce to the studio's request here. Hopefully that is not indicative that the studio also had much more control over everything else too. Cause, cause that will make a bad movie, right? That, that people who are making this game, hopefully are lovingly un- understands and love the, the, the source material, which by the trailer seems to be that way. All right. Moving on to the next one. We have a Spider-Man spinoff. Um, you don't have to know Spider-Man or you have to know this guy to know what it's all about. Yeah. We're talking about Morbius. Yeah. Mor- Morbius is correct. Yeah. Um, so Michael this, uh, I don't know anything about this character or this IP, but I watched the trailer and this guy is a vampire. He's a vampire. Right. There's bats yeah. and, and sonar. and uh, every, every vampire story, not everybody, but the majority of all vampire stories uh, are, they come from Dracula in Transylvania. I mean, that's, that's all the vampire, all vampire things are centered around that. Even Castlevania is centered I mean, around I watched that. A, I watched a YouTube video and if I can find it, I'll link it on the history of werewolves and like the, the culture. And cause it goes back ancient Greece and, yeah. and earlier. And then, you know, had its weird sort of changes when, when Catholicism became the state religion of Rome and all of that stuff. Um, and, um, just like vampires, there were probably similar kind of folklore and things before um, uh, Dracula, right? Bram Stoker. Um, and I listened to that. There's a really good audiobook version of that with Tim Curry and a bunch of other actors doing the various various characters. And I'm listening to it, and I recognize the character names from the Leslie Nielsen movie, uh, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh, right, yeah. Um, but I'm listening to it, and I'm like, Oh, this is why, like, so often in vampire fiction, there's this, like, eroticism to it. Because Dracula is so, like, drenched in, like, religious symbology and, yeah, and all that, it's like, the, the stuff with the crosses and all of that. Like, um, Dr. Van Helsing takes the host, right? Which is the, the, um, the Eucharist of the, the bread yeah. in, in the Catholic mass and like, like crushes it into paste and like puts it around the door frame of this crypt when they're right. trying to capture him and, and protect, and they're trying to save Mina uh, from the whole, the whole thing. And I'm like, wow, this is so much more um, opaque than, yeah. Uh, I don't know if opaque is the right word there, but like in, in later, like you watch true blood and stuff and there's just yeah. like, hints of stuff you're like oh this is bad but it's not really bad and it's it's kind yeah. of it's, it's more subtle where you go back to dracula and i'm like yeah this is just like completely it's almost barely right. an allegory at all so, so marvel but so so marvel when when they made morbius i think he's 70s or 80s i think when it's maybe 80s um when he's created i i, I can't speak to the writers but uh, it felt as a kid at the time when he was out that oh this this is a vampire story that doesn't it's divorced from all that like this is, they want to do a vampire, but they don't want it to have all that like religious stuff. It doesn't have to have all the things that are like, like you said, the um, eroticism to it, the Dracula references, the the ancient history, like all the world's unlimited lives of a thousand year old, like none of that. They wanted to have a whole new vampire story, which they make Michael Morbius. It's a disease. They go with that kind of, it's a disease type thing that he, he goes to cure and has kind of stuff. So that's what this trailer is. And, and, I'm not 
claiming to be any kind of a Morbius expert, even know much about him. Uh, but it's cool that, you know, that they're making him and like Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm always like, ah, that feels like a weird character to make because he's a vampire and you're a different take on a vampire. Why not just vampires? He looks like, like a little bit of an anti-hero, which, you know, this is... Um, That's what they like. They like doing, yeah. I don't think we said this is not um, Disney Marvel. This is uh, Sony. Sony. Sony MCU, yeah, which they have close ties. Right. He, he is a... He will be an MCU guy, much like now Venom is, um, right? Because they, they have connections now. Um, so, and, and you know from from the rumor mill that uh, Disney Marvel is making Blade, right? And so, presumably, Vampire Hunter, yeah. Just just like we had, you know, Walker. Um, just like we had Tony Stark meet Doctor Strange, yeah, and uh, the various other kind of not quite mirror meetups or whatever, but we're gonna. I assume at some point in a future, you know, team up movie, we're going to have the two vampire characters meet. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, Which is know. kind of cool. And, and this, this trailer didn't, didn't look bad. No. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed okay. Interesting. Actually, it looked better than Venom, which whatever. Sure. Hmm. Uh, but I mean, I mean, I've already been on, on record saying Venom 2 was just mad and the, and Venom 1 was just mad. It's they're okay. Sure. Um, so it's it's hard saying what Sony does because some Spider-Man things have been good, some have been okay. The ones that are in collaboration with Marvel have been great, yeah. but I don't know from Spider-Man, but uh, <laughs> you just Spider-Man. Um, but from Spider-Man, Venom seems like a character that's pretty closely tied to Peter Parker and Spider-Man. It's not at all. I mean, and in the movies, it's like. How do you do, how do you make a Venom movie without Spider Man? Like, well, it, they did, and yeah, it seems weird. Like, what? And not that you can't, you know, whatever. But this seems yeah. like, yeah, he's this vampire guy. So, yeah, you know, so, so that'll be how maybe his sonar sense is supposed to, you know, connect. Or, or there was a line in in the trailer that said like this this hadn't been something this like, big since since the same thing in San Francisco, which was Venom. By the mm. way, that was the thing in San Francisco. So anyway, trailer looked good, uh, kind of cool and interesting. Um, it's not, it's not one that I'm like, oh, I can't wait till that comes out. I can't wait till like, yeah, yeah. like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Now that one, I'm looking forward to. Uh, sure. Now, but Morbius, like, oh, when it comes out, oh yeah, that's one I'd like to go see, and I'll watch it, you know, that weekend. Um, next one was Stranger Things season four, which is like been delayed from the pandemic, and they're like uh 30 year olds now when they've been divorced and you know the, the kids are all grown up it's been that long and I, not really but that's wait, i don't know months. if i said this on the podcast or if it's just a thing from the the honest trailers or whatever but i sort of anticipated and i was getting this feeling in season three that the the kids are getting too old they're too old right like there are so few well, what made that interesting was that they were young middle schoolers that were goonies type stuff right right yeah. in season one like it was great. There are so few child actors who transition into becoming like just actors, yeah. right? Adult actors, yeah. or even young adult actors, right. because Millie Bobby Brown's trying, right? I'm I'm sure Millie Bobby Brown will do great. Like she's been, she's doing other movies, like like Godzilla. Um, she, <laughs> she clearly has, you know, has some some actual talent, but yeah. you know, kids, kids acting is barely acting right like yeah. they're they're given lines and all of those things and they're coached but i'm sure that the way child actors are handled is so different right like they have to be method acting coached and, and and watched and then they're and then they're just 
you know, kids, like what makes them good is just their, their natural way that they act. And then, you know, they get past that and either the fame messes them up or, you know, have a, yeah. an they're overthinking it now or yeah, yeah. now they're, they're not getting as Nola much. Holmes. I like that one. That was one with, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they're not getting as much coaching and dare I say coddling as child actors do. And they, and they just don't transition and, or they just lose interest. Like they're, they're just not like this. Right, right. Right. Or they, you know, they can't handle the, the um, fame or the fame of it or whatever, or like the, um, the kid from the shining, like yeah. never did anything else. Yeah. Like, like, so, so th- this one, I don't, I don't know where they're at with, with personally those other kids, but what made stranger things one interesting and cool was, all them and they were so great. It wasn't just a story, but those kids are just no longer interesting to me at all. Like not at all. And what what made Eleven really cool and interesting in that first one was she's such a weird fish out of water trying to fit in with these yeah. normal kids. Yeah. And and now yes, yeah, she's. I will say Millie Bobby Brown's voice in the trailer has done really good because I've seen her in other things. Right? She's definitely channeling Eleven the way she speaks, which was pretty good. I thought that's a good acting thing. But she's just like. It's like her with high, with high school. Like I don't care. Yeah. I I liked the fish out of water thing. That's what made that interesting. I like that that you know Mike and the kids were so desperate to play D and D and and go on an adventure. And now it's all just drama. The last season was like that too. Drama of high school, middle school oh, drama, oh, love stuff, like, and 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 some of that. Some of that is us, right? Like I'm I'm also not gonna watch kissing booth or any of those other netflix shows i don't, about think, I don't think stranger things was exclusively like middle school and high school viewers i think it was everyone watched those things yeah. and especially even people our age were like the the opening sound yeah. music that was played like oh it threw me back right there into that kind yeah. of thing. i mean it was a little it was probably a, a little much for kids but like um my my sister uh becca who's 22 yeah. like she loved it yeah and then then for us and trotsky and like people our age it's like it's goonies or it's et or whatever and the 80s like aesthetic and now it's like they're in california and it's like california in the 80s yeah i don't know i mean we'll watch it i will watch it i guess i don't know It, it, it could be i will say that but the same thing happened to westworld for me too is that like i i say i'd watch it but then i watched a couple and then just didn't care my brother and that's I the worst thing can happen to a series talking about Westworld. And that's, that's another show where I don't, I don't know if it's done. I don't think it was done. I, mean, I think no, they I had another the season, but three at three um, it's definitely one of those. Maybe like what I think strange things is going to be where if I meet, you know, somebody at some point who's never watched, I'm like, watch the first season. And then yeah, it's it like, doesn't progress. Like, yes. I know. Westworld season one ends on a cliffhanger, but it's not, not really. It's it's not worth it. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and season one, Stranger Things doesn't really end on a cliffhanger. I don't think. I mean, there, there are hints. Oh, yeah. Right, Cause like the, the kid that they rescue has like something still in him, you know, mm-hmm. but, but really everything's pretty, pretty wrapped up there. Wrapped yeah. Up. And um, th- that's the thing too, is that the Stranger Things stuff, three seasons in doesn't have still doesn't have a main villain. There's not like, it's not like this overall thing. I want to see more about the upside down. Cause I don't know. It's just going to be another monster. That's going to be another thing cribbed from D and D. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or it has no, like they don't, how do you feel like, how do I say this? Uh, animals don't have ill intent. They're just, that's just their nature. 
It's like they're gonna something from the upside down is gonna come over and just try to but have no reason for doing it. There's a they're line. Level there's a line from Doctor Who where the companions asked if if something some space thing or whatever is evil. And the doctor says, um, there are a few things in the universe that are evil, but a great many things that are hungry. Right? Mm-hmm. Like a wolf, wolf is a bad example because wolves aren't as dangerous to people as we think that they are but a wolf is not going to attack a human because it's bad because it's evil right it's just hungry right right and i think that's what you're getting at with the upside down like there are monsters and i think and it just makes me everything's evil and malevolent over there why don't we just close the door so it was supposed to be a little more malevolent than just the like demogorgon stuff but yeah uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, so they, they've never really developed that into anything that makes me makes me want to know so mystery that you're no you're not. Um, they're also not solving that. They're not they're not solving any mystery really. They're just surviving they're and just surviving dealing yeah. with their. I mean, the big mystery that they didn't allude to at all in this, and I should Hopper. say, is Hopper. Right. What's uh, What's weird for me about this show is that our buddy Fox is. Um, gone back to school for writing screenwriting mm-hmm. and he wrote a, a script oh i dug his screenplay this for, right, yeah. for episode one and so for a while i had this this like itch in the back of my mind i'm like aren't we getting close to stranger things season four i just saw a red something i'm like no wait that was you read script. this box script, right? I, I, I liked his script actually and, and the and you know some that's one of the things is that there's a lot of good ideas out there uh that you know you people have made uh, you know fan fix or whatever my fan yeah. stuff stuff stories where it's gotten better um but so far the writers and creators and directors and casting has has been has been so that's a long way to say it. stranger things season four even this trailer did not inspire me it was just like ah, i watched that I love how we can talk for 15 straight minutes about something we're not interested in, interested in. <laughs> yeah we're uh, like you said we'll watch it okay next one is uh light year buzz light as in buzz light year buzz light year um this one surprised me that i actually thought it was cool I, yeah i don't i don't think i, I thought knew Star should have been done it for right right which it is it is done i don't think that i even knew that this was happening but as we said before um Until they announced chris evans being the voice i was like wait there's a buzz lightyear movie yeah yeah it's weird i don't know why they didn't get tim allen back but who knows oh, because because it's not buzz lightyear oh it's a different no it's it's buzz lightyear it's okay so this is the cool hook it's the actual buzz lightyear that the oh, toy is based on okay yeah okay. i so, see so the, the the voice was just like the commercial guy tim allen's just the commercial toy the yeah but the actual like astronaut that went into space okay. who was this real space yeah, ranger um, which is cool. I know. didn't know this was happening, and mm-hmm. I was. He said the thing, "Infinity and Beyond." He kind of said. He almost says he almost it. Says because it. we all know, Toy Story came out in 1995. I was 14, and as I've said before, you know, I have a bunch of younger siblings, and we had one TV, and so we watched the movie over and over. Mm-hmm. Like I could probably quote the whole thing, right? Um, like Andy and Parks and Rec. Right. Um, and so, you know, I watch this character and he's in the ship and he does the thing with the wrist uh, computer with the sensors and he calls it and they play Starman by mm-hmm. David Bowie. Mm-hmm. And he almost says the line at the very end. And I'm like, I didn't even know this movie was happening, 
but I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I didn't. Right. And I, I have always said there's a lot of things that we just we just talk about four things as uh, Stranger Things. Um, I thought Toy Story 2. OK, that's cool. They're doing it. But, you know, Toy Story 1 was pretty great. But well, I'll watch this next one. I'm like, oh, Toy Story is great. Two is great. And then three comes out. I'm like, OK, now they're gone too far here. Three. Three was freaking phenomenal. It made me like tear up and and Jesse and all the things. And then four was like, OK, they're really going back to the well for money. there. And then four broke my heart, you know, uh, with, with Woody and all this stuff like that. So to say that they would have another Toy Story thing, like, OK, you're just dumb, guys. Just give it up. And then what a great way to, like, not do Toy Story, but do Toy Story. It's not Toy Story, but right. And have that kind of thing. I like you said, I like that you said good. it. I'm, I'm in for it. Yeah. Um, and the trailer, I'm glad they gave us a trailer that that's really great. Uh, the last one was the new Ghostbusters trailer, which I don't think anyone can not like. Four? Three. There, there's, there wasn't. No, there wasn't. There wasn't. There was a third. <laughs> um, is it called for? It's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Afterlife. That's right. Okay. That, that way they can skirt that whole issue. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I watched Ghostbusters as, as an adult, so I don't have big nostalgia. Um, for this franchise, uh, it looks cool. It's got all the sounds. It's fun. See, see all the familiar monsters. I'm sure our buddy Fox, who uh, as recently as a couple days ago rewatched Ghostbusters 2 and said it was good. So that tells you how he <laughs> how feels he loves the franchise. It. Yeah. Um, it, it would be like somebody making a tr- new Transformers movie and they finally do a good one. I'm like, oh my God, finally. Well, and, and they had five terrible ones. And you've got the voices of, of both Dan Aykroyd and bill murray i think it sounded like it right? you, don't, you don't see them but i heard i, I know dan Aykroyd's in it but both of their voices um and paul rudd who's all red he just got voted sexiest man alive by the way i should you should read his articles that he writes about when when he taught when when they interviewed him about that like you feel so good how do you feel about putting clueless on our movie list oh, we've seen it though I don't, not that i wait that was a terrible phrase to say You've but like and I've just seen it many times. It's like, I don't know that there's anything more to talk about with that movie. I don't know. I, I know that I, I saw it. it. I know that I saw it back in the day, but. That's his first movie, by the way. Where, 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 okay. It correlates to. M- Mom and Becca watched it a few days ago, and we were doing, so we were going to do Game Night or Record. Or the Pedophile. And so I only saw, um, I only saw the first, like, 15, 20 minutes of it. Um, and it, you know. I was in high school in the nineties. Yeah. So you get all the, like the stuff that either it was either real stuff that people said, or it was in that movie. And then real high schoolers started saying it. Um, And, you know, they introduced Paul Rudd's character and he's going to college up in Seattle. And so he's wearing flannel. Yeah. And and he's listening to Radiohead. Yeah. Right. Oh man, this is all so on the nose. Yeah. That whole show that's very on the nose. And then he ends up dating like what? Alicia Silverton was 16 or something like that movie was supposed to be. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, uh, but Paul Rudd, yeah. Paul Paul Rudd uh, got voted sexiest man alive recently. And his interviews of being told it are just classic. Just this classic about how he says, uh, He's going to eat it up forever. He says, you know, some people would be modest and say like, oh, you know, whatever. He says, I'm having business cards printed up. <laughs> says sexiest man alive. And he, it, it sounds like his friend group's a lot like ours. He says, he says, my friend group is just going to like never let me live it down. He says, and I'm just going to keep building it up. He says, I'm changing my forum names to sexiest man alive. <laughs> like that sounds like Paul Ray, right? Uh, yeah. So anyway, that, 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 that looks fun. Um, and 
done well. I don't want to say that the last one, number three, was done poorly. Um, oh, you didn't see it? Yeah. The, uh, it was a, It was okay. It was okay. It just, it was Saturday Night Livey. That, that was that was the best way to, I think, to describe that. Um, so. I mean, that makes sense based on the cast. Yeah. I, I, I felt, I feel like the cast was maybe poorly chosen. Sure. Maybe that's probably what it was. Um, it's hard. It's hard. I, I mean, it's hard to do a movie again that's like that. Dan Aykroyd was an SNL guy, so I, yeah, I, I just said I can't. That, yeah, I, I can't blame anyone or anything on that show or saying it was very bad because it just was what it was. It was. I call it a misfire. You know, um, I, that's also saying I'm openly saying Ghostbusters Two was not great either. No, we, we watched and talked about it for the podcast. Yeah, and it, it was just, not great. Yeah, and one barely holds up. So I, right. I'm giving Fox all the, all the, you know, appreciation that I can, but it, it barely holds up. Sure. Um, so this one looks like it could not just, it doesn't, I don't think it recaptures the first thing. It just makes a new movie yeah. in, in that world, which is kind of, which is kind of cool. Yeah. All right. So before we're running out of time here, um, how much time? Do we have? Oh yeah, we got it. Oh, we're okay. Uh, let's, let's do this week's movie okay. challenge. <laughs> All right, this week we watched Enemy Mine. This is, I want to say, 1986. Oh, that late? Me, my 85. It's only off by a year. Dennis Quaid and Lou Gossett Jr. Lou Gossett Jr. Um, and almost nobody else. Um, yeah. Well, there there was the one bad guy at the end. He's seen other movies I've seen forever, like back in the 80s. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the slaver guy that was like kind of the villain? Brian James, I think. Yeah, he's like in some weird eighty movies all the time. Um, yeah, this is early in Dennis Quaid's career. I also added Inner Space to our to our oh, list. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. When I I, I said it's good one time back when I first came. Family, we were watching. Uh, cool. We were watching an old sci-fi with Dennis Quaid. That like was it Inner Space? I'm like, oh, we should no. watch Honey I Shrunk the Kids too. Uh, Inner Space is a good call. I would rather watch that one, but that's how he and Meg Ryan met. Isn't uh. Making, uh, isn't uh, is that no, so he goes into what's not, I would say, Rick, it's not Rick Moranis. Um, oh, uh, no, it's Martin Short. Martin Short, that's what I say. Yeah, mm-hmm. he goes into his body, right? Yeah, oh man, I kind of want to watch that now. It's great. Um, so yeah, Enemy Mine. Uh, this is uh, so last week I, I, I talked well because there's straight up spoiler stuff, rising sort of, sort of spoilers. And yeah, stuff. and this one, even though it's old, some people may not have old, seen and it. you probably haven't seen it. I don't think I had even heard of it. So, yeah. uh, yeah, we're gonna. Loud. So yeah, you've not seen this one. Last week I said I thought that you would be a little interested in it because it has very Star Wars or Star Trekky feel to it. Was that right? Is that accurate? Yeah. To say on, on a couple of levels because I think I this, think this was before Next Generation or right near the beginning of Next Generation. Beginning of Next Generation, I believe. I can't remember when TNG started. TNG season five was ninety one, so eighty six. Yeah, it was right right before. Yeah, Star Trek Next Generation. Um, so I think I think you were the the comparison to the original series Star Trek movies, Star Trek one through six. Um, in terms of um, special effects and style, was a really good comparison. Like, there's a lot of the monsters. There's stuff of. that you can you can tell is like matte paintings, but you know it's another level it's 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 not it's not all just little models and stuff like um you know 2001 a space odyssey yeah, yeah. um oh yeah yeah and 
Um, it has some like space action, especially at the beginning. Some space action and stuff that's pretty There's good. There's lasers when they shoot the lasers. And then you've got, you know, the the sort of prosthetic uh, alien mm-hmm. um, stuff that is all, you know, pretty much on par with anything else made yeah. around this time. I will say at this age, I was, it was 11 in 86, and I did probably didn't watch this when it first came out, so a little after. Um, like, this is a great, th- this time really, this time in movies really cemented my love of sci-fi. Like, like the Star Trek movies and Star Wars movies, like, just really were, made me think about other planets and how cool that was. At 11 years old, 12, 13 years old, that's, that's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Um, and watching a show like this, like, where they have another planet that is hostile and that there are alien creatures out to get you all the time and, right. you know, meteor showers that they have to find. That, that when you say somebody's out all living by themselves out and lost in the, the Dobe, uh, Gobi Desert or something like that, that's one thing. They're relatable stuff, but like on another planet, that's right. a whole neat thing. And they, they go through those things. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the whole main concept of these two fully different people. Evil. So the, the, the special effects comparison is good. I also thought that the 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 story and the and and yes there are all kinds of different sci-fi um star trek was my first exposure to sci-fi um and so there are concepts that are not are not unique to star trek and they're not even unique to sci-fi they're old concepts like um like voodoo or or synthetic magic right where you make things similar I first saw that on Star Trek, the original series, the, the alien, whatever, has a model of the Enterprise. She holds over a candle, and then on the real Enterprise, they're overheating. Yeah. Um, all of that, all that kind of stuff. But this, this movie had a handful of those concepts that in Star Trek, an episode would just cover one of. Mm, yeah. Maybe two. Yeah. And... Next generation would go on to handle a lot of these. I don't know. If, yeah, it does. Yeah, I don't know if they ever did male pregnancy. Oh, but if um, no, uh, what's the, what's the other Star Trek one that want to be Star Trek one with? Uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane. No. Oh, oh. Because uh, um, the Mocklins have Orp, that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're a race that are that are all male. Now, in this case, Lugasa Junior is a man, obviously, but the the race is supposed to be genderless. Yeah. Right, and you're yeah. like. That's a, I mean, Next Generation did an episode like that. A lot of those, you're right. A lot of those things from this movie, I don't know if they were inspired by, but it feels like they may have inspired writers from Star Trek later who expanded on those ideas for a whole episode. Right. Right. Um, The, you know, the two enemies stranded on the planet. It's not quite Darmok. Like, there's more communications, but yes, similar. The whole, the whole um, twist of Darmok is the way that they communicate by, by nostalgia instead of, you know, normal language patterns, which is weird as a thing, you know, that really only Star Trek would do. Um, and they're, they're also not enemies, right? Yeah. Like they're there. It's a diplomatic mission already. They're just at odds because they can't communicate. And, and what's interesting about this one is that they're, they're clearly enemies at war. Right. And, right. and uh, um, the human isn't necessarily right or the good guy. You think he is because you're a human and this guy looks like a lizard and you're and you start off like, of course, you humans are great. And then he's not bad. They're not. He's not bad. He's yeah. just like they're not Klingons. Yeah. Um, 
like they're and the human isn't evil. He's not like Dennis Quaid isn't a bad guy. Right. Um, they just they just they're angry and then have to. Yeah, and the and the the two enemies trapped together is not a new thing either. No. Yeah, right. Like sure. the the you know we just saw Robin Hood a couple weeks ago yeah. and he's, Morgan Freeman relates yeah. a little bit that way. Um, you know, there's a little bit of like uh, Dances with Wolves, yeah. Or you know, there were a lot of you know movies kind of like that in the 80s and 90s. And about what halfway through, maybe Act Two, they start to really have a real friendship, like a really good, solid friendship. And then it gets into other themes, like how he reads the book, like the it's not the Bible, but it's kind of like a, a thing that has universal truths type thing, and. Yeah. And, and I love the I love the whole thing with Mickey Mouse when we talk they get angry yeah. and fight with each other. Yeah. I was like, you made fun of Mickey Mouse. I was like, I'm really sorry about Mickey And Mouse. then you know, so so I was sort of, you know, given this movie two thirds of my attention for the first forty minutes. Because it it followed a path that I pretty much it predict, felt predictable. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> these guys these gonna fight him for a while. They don't like each other. They gotta, they gotta find a way to survive and they're gonna, you know, begrudgingly something happened. Accept each other and then yeah, and then they go into this this pregnancy thing, which is the yeah. thing. I don't think I talked about this when we watched Robin Hood, but that happens in Robin Hood, and I'm like, what is this doing? Like, I don't know if it's, if if there was somebody, a producer or something involved who would who would put this in stories, but they do it in um they do it in Braveheart too, where the like there's this this movie that's about this story, this guy, and he's gonna fight, and there's a bad guy. But there's a random scene with a with a you know a labor a childbirth scene, and I'm like, what, what is this doing here? And I think whoever I was watching with Sarah, or dad, or somebody was like, it's to to remind you that they're the the life goes on and that they're <laughs> right. the, the, the why they're why they're fighting is for the children or something like that. And I'm like, but but it did okay. it but did it, change the whole thing of the movie, like right? It's, in, in this movie, like it's central to the plot. It's not like the yeah. one in in Robin Hood or Braveheart. Yeah. But yeah, and then then he dies, and now you've got another like time skip, which I did not expect that to happen. Either. I think I thought the movie was going to yeah. be very tr- on a track. Yeah, and then halfway through the movie, the track is ended. What's the rest of the show going to be about? Right. Yeah. And it's zombies, you know, and, and zombies was a, a likable character. I thought the little actor did great. Son, I, love when they, yeah. I love when they play football. I say and, son, but he's, you know, he calls him uncle or something like that. Yeah. Child, he calls him uncle. Yeah, and he, he calls him your parent, which is, you know, it's, it's it, the, all those kind of words that were used and how he delivered him and how you got to see uh, the, the, his uncle like come from bitter enemy to loving the culture being part of him teaching this other child that culture as best as he can, teaching him that they're love, and then coming back to with him. He, he goes back to the station and doesn't fit in there. That was the that was the dancers with wolves. Cool, which is another like twist part thing. There, it's like I thought it would just end with them getting rescues, like these Robinson Crusoe like, type things. Go, and then it's this, like, and then they show space again, mining colony, and you're like, here are here are some real villains. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stop. Yeah, so this show had several acts that were <laughs> stories of their own. Um, and I will say for me, watching, watching it, I, I want to hear your final thoughts on this one uh, totally differently. My angle of rewatching this again, uh, there have been shows we watch that don't hold up for many reasons. This one is exactly as I remember it. Mm-hmm. Like in, in my way back memory, it was just all refreshed. And I felt like, oh yeah, I remember why I liked this part. And I remember why it was interesting. Why, and then after I was done with like, 
now I remember why I have the feeling about this movie because this is just what I liked about this movie. And and it was I don't say that hold up because this this things look still like old and eighties and dated and stuff, but 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 the reasons I liked it were still valid reasons I liked it. Um so it still gets a thumbs up for me. But so you have someone never seen it before in a different genre way thirty years. Yeah, this on. is this is tricky because it it wasn't bad. It was just so strange. Mm-hmm. It was so weird. Um, probably, but not like uh, was it? What's the, you just mentioned it. The uh, um, twenty two thousand with the Hal nine thousand. Oh, it's, it's not like two thousand one Space Odyssey weird. Yeah, it's not. No, and there's there's nothing in it that is confusing. Like the ending of two thousand one is intentionally ambiguous and 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 um metaphysical yeah maybe all these um things happening if we're in final judgments i don't know if i want to i want to spoil it but i think um there's a scene i think i texted you when i saw it um with the bait and even that's sort of a spoiler but that was pure like weird 80s special effects yeah sure and i was like this is weird <laughs> like i know that like this is sci-fi and everything has been strange up to this point but this is peak yeah, weird right. for this movie um and so i enjoyed it i don't know i don't know whether i would recommend it it would have to be a really specific recommendation yeah i i, th- I think i well i haven't recommended it to everybody either i think i think like you are someone I would recommend it to. Like I, I would definitely say you should watch Dennis should watch Emmy Mine for all the reasons that I wanted us to watch it here. I would not ask everybody Trotsky to watch it. I don't think Fox would like it. I don't think I think Chris probably would like it if he's not seen it. Chris, Chris would. Pat fans, might, fans of eighties Star Trek, I think. Yeah. Could could get into this show. I think Fox would probably like it, but yeah. it would be a it would be an, an iffy like yeah. I don't I don't think Jill would like it. No, yeah. I, I do. I, I think if you were fa- here, here's the thing. If you were recommendations, if you're fans of Star the 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 one through six Star Trek old original generation movies, watch, check this one out. Yeah, yeah it's it's worth yeah. a watch. It's it's cool. It's pre it's pre stuff. So if, like then you had a couple of things like, oh, I star Mike. Like, well, this was before Dharma. I know Fox yeah. grew up on those movies. So. Oh, so well, maybe, maybe he really did like that, that one. Uh, okay, so what do we have for next week? It's your pick. That one's fine. I'm going to do another 80s another pick. Equal of this one in the fantasy genre. Okay. Like similar thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I kept thinking of, uh, what's the movie? Blue Lagoon? Oh, that's, what, yeah, that's with uh, Brooke Shields. Brooke Shields were, uh, are, I think they're so, brother and sister. Yeah. They get stranded on a desert Robinson island. Caruso story type thing. Yeah. That yeah. reminded me of the enemy. I mean, they're not enemies, but they're siblings who fall in love in this isolation and it's that's not like a different movie yeah um i thought that was the movie though i'll I'll double check um anyway another 80s movie uh mr mom oh is that we're watching mr mom oh cool i see that one watch that one much not i watched it a lot when i was a kid when i was a kid like like you had said when you have a vhs tapes you don't have so many you watch it over and over and over again yeah yeah and we watched it and like as a kid, like not really understanding the story. I know that I've seen it like not recently, not in the last 10, 15 yeah, years. Same here. But I, but I saw it old enough 
to get the high points of the story yeah. that I didn't understand when I was a kid. And as a kid, I just wanted to see the vacuum eat the blanket. Eat the blanket, yeah. I, I remember. And then we always fast forwarded through um, the the strip club scene where the other moms not take, sure, strip poker not, or the poker it's poker game not not the poker game they go to like a chippendales oh okay yeah see i don't remember that one yeah. i do remember there was one neighbor who was married and was really coming on to him like super sexy type way yeah. and i remember as a kid like i didn't get that but now i look back i'm like man that's kind of risque for a you know kid but so i don't know I, if this is a kid show is it a kid show it's, it's not I okay okay it was just, there was there are kids in it and there was enough funny stuff i felt like it was a kid show but i don't think it is it's not it's not and wild, so wild. and so it'll be interesting to see i mean the whole movie is about like reversing gender roles back then was it's a big deal big in the deal, 80s yeah. um now is like a oh you know to even suggest that there are gender roles is offensive too. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, right. Drive people. Right. Cool, cool. I'm Mr. Mom, that's one to pull out of, of the ways. It's, we got Batman in it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Michael Keaton. Is it, they were to, uh, okay, cool. Um, Let's see. I just started. I, I don't have for sure recommendations, but I just picked up a show um, our buddy Pete has been talking about called Dickinson. Uh, I believe it's an Apple original. Like um, the author person? Charles yeah, em- Dickinson. Emily Dickinson. Oh, Emily Dickinson. Charles Dickinson. Am I right? Charles, Charles Dickens. Yeah. And someone who is there hating me out there right now, right? <laughs> yelling at their yelling at yeah. their phone. Um yeah, this is it's a little bit like Bridgerton. I don't know if you saw that Netflix series. Yeah, mixed reviews on it that made me made made me think I should watch instead of watching that one, the other like English show that everybody liked before. Oh, Mabby. Yeah. Okay. I, if I'm going to watch one of those, I should probably watch that one instead. So we're in an interesting time where um, studios, groups, people, whatever, are making what I call the genre costume dramas, um, which is a weird because they're not costumes, right? They're like reproduction clothing that people actually wore. But like Downton Abbey, um, before I started listing them, I had like five rolling around in my brain. Um, Victoria is a little bit like yeah, yeah. Uh, the Crown. The Crown, Not yeah, quite as much English English history, English history or fiction adapted your English history. The one, the one everybody knows is Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah, right. There was one back in the nineties. I still like that movie. That that one I liked. Keira Knightley? Jenna, no, the, oh, the, the oh. old, the, the BBC one from oh. the 90s. And then in 04-ish, uh, they made one with I Keira like Keira Knightley. Um, and I think really, I could almost say that Keira Knightley won, uh, the Keira Knightley Pride and Prejudice was sort of the beginning of this um, wave of costume dramas or, or period, as in time period, uh, movies and TV shows. Um, that became more, um, more raw because the, you know, the, the Keir Knightley movie is more like, you know, they talk faster, more emotion in their, in their delivery. Like she's out in the rain, wet, and it's just not quite as clean in, in all interpretation, in all definitions of that word, um, as the older ones that the, that the BBC made that were kind of like stage dramas. Everything's clean. Everybody's well-behaved, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but now there are these series being made that are inaccurate, like intentionally inaccurate. Yeah. Right. Because Pride and Prejudice is a book, yeah. right? It's not a real story. They're not real people. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you're dealing in fiction. So, um, Bridgerton is a costume drama where um, the world of that show um, has basically no racism. Um, one of the one of the English queens is theorized to have possibly been possibly been of African descent. And in that show, the actress playing the queen is black. And so there are, um, I mean, the main characters are a white girl and a black man. And they're both aristocracy. They have rank. I think actually his rank is much higher than hers. Um, and it's basically not addressed by the characters or acknowledged at all. It doesn't match history of that period. Yeah. But it's a fictional story. So the fictional world is different, different from, from the historical world, world, world in this one in this one way. Right. Um this this series, I've only seen the first three episodes. Um it's about Emily Dickinson and there's as I understand it, and I all of this is stuff that I've learned like in the last two days. Um very little is known about her life. None of okay. her poetry was published. Like okay. it was all found posthumously. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, I don't know anything about her. I mean, besides, you know, her, no, her, I, didn't, her I, didn't, I didn't either. So this is a show about her life, except there's a lot of modern music used, like hip hop. Oh, okay. They're Mix, like, mixing tones. Yeah, the sets and the costuming all look pretty accurate like i'm not an expert on the period right. but um you know they have no modern with hip-hop or anything okay. you know they're wearing dresses all the time mm -hmm. and they've got corsets and all that um and then but yeah then every once in a while oh wait do they break out and dance to hip-hop a little bit Whoa, oh no so okay like, like they start out dancing like like Regency ball dancing. Oh my god! I, I watched the. I watched. The, there was a movie with Heath Ledger where he was like King Arthur or something oh, like that, and I hated I, that movie just because they broke out in like Queen dancing and I'm like. So, so uh, this this show does does this, and it's a thing. I think I said in the chat, like it's a thing that should annoy me, right? I used to do living history American Civil War reenacting, um, and so when stuff is like that's what we used to do. We watch watch a movie, and you're like. Oh, that's not. She would say that, <laughs> but I think because the show is doing it intentionally, it doesn't come off as like lazy or inactive. Like it's an intentional choice, like the setting of Bridgerton. Yeah. Um, there's a scene, I think, second episode where a character, the male character, delivers this line, and he's like, he's like, "Oh, you guys can go do that. I want to. I want to go see uh, any." kind of time period writing like um i'm gonna go look over the blueprints for the house that father is building us next door it's gonna be um an italian inspired villa with big marble columns so pimp 
Oh my god! That, I like that, that throw me right out. That should annoy me, but I laughed out loud at it. I would, I would be like, I'm out. I'm gonna just leave the door. I would leave the TV on and walk out the front yeah. door. And I mean, it's <laughs> it's a story of it's so pimp of a woman who you know with Emily Dickinson. It's almost everything about her life. Yeah. Um, and so it's oh, yeah, it's uh, that kind of that's a riot sort of rough setting. But I don't know. I hadn't I'm, heard of that, so that's that's a new one. I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, I conversely show that I watched recently that I did not enjoy it so far. <laughs> Sydney had me watch uh, the Divergent series. She's going on that, and she is a big fan of it. So uh, I don't want to put down my daughter's uh, tastes, but man, that series is terrible. It, you know, I, it's one of the few shows that I know of that has like a like eleven percent Rotten Tomatoes score, <laughs> and you know. Not, you always take Rotten Tomatoes with whatever you might think of over a grain of salt, but but the ones that are extreme, if you're above 90, then you can argue all you want. It's arguably a good show. If it's below 20%, it's you can't argue about it being a bad right. show. So, so yeah, the, those have been been terrible. Uh, something else that did in our little bit of time we got left here is I re-upped to Apple Arcade. Still, it's only five dollars. I said it before when we said it years ago when we first it first came out that it's still worth it. It's use it. It's totally it's, worth if it. You want to play games on your phone? It's nice because, um, you know, every other game is a money funnel. Yeah, yeah, and this takes that removes it. The number one thing about Apple Arcade is there's no microtransactions, yeah. right? It's a full games, that, which is which is just phenomenal. Um, we played it when it first came out and we, I know you and I played basically the same games for Apple Arcade and we played them all. And we had all the ones that we liked. Grindstone. Grindstone yeah. Um, and we played them and enjoyed them. I like mini motorways. I played for a minute and um, uh, we loved, uh, Oh, there was a music one that Sydney really, really, really liked uh, Sayonara wild hearts. Oh. Um, and it's, that's a, that's a phenomenal game short, but it's a phenomenal game. So anyway, when it launched and we played everything launched and it was, they were just really slow at leaking out games. Now that it's been a couple of years, I, you know, got back in it and I got back in it because they have Transformers game that came out, um, which is, it's Clash, it's Clash Royale, but Transformers. Um, and we, all of us played Clash Royale for a little bit here and there. Um, but it's, it's money sink it's microtransactions right so it's you know you can only take so much of that where you're like okay you hit the paywall or you you know you had to do the thing and, and our buddy trotsky loved it forever and it's a great solid game but it just you know you just had microtransactions and right. and and paywall so this was like hey can i have that without that terribleness like what can you do so i play it and it's obviously i love the the ip of transformers and it is just taking on so much of my time like it's it's because of all the reasons clash royale did it's just very bite-sized it's two and a half minutes to play when i when i browsed around the category the category the catalog of apple arcade it seemed to me like they were aiming it more at the apple tv yes i think so too the the game seemed to be a lot of maybe you play with a controller much more of a of a game game 100%. what i'm looking for out of a mobile game is not that like, I right want something that i can you know just like rhinestone i can pull my phone out i, I totally agree you matches yeah and, and i actually don't know i can bonus, I, bonus points if it's uh vertical oriented i don't have to hold my phone sideways in, in a way that signals to everybody yeah. around me that i'm playing a game no i know exactly what so i am i i will get back with you next week i'm going to look for a couple of those too because i also agree with that um conversely at the same time, on the same day that I re-upped, I bought, I actually bought a controller for the iPhone. I bought, um, it's called the Backbone controller, and it's, it's, oh, it's, I heard, it's I heard just like a Switch. I think, 
I think Scott Johnson on from from Core. Yeah, it's like one of the best out right now. Um, if anybody wants wonders what it is, it's some of those when I was doing um, emulators on my phone yeah. and playing some old uh, GBA. It, it makes it like a switch. It makes almost exactly like a switch. It's got the controllers are switch sizes. They just like snap together in one like piece yeah. on the back on to the sides of your your phone, and you have a switch. So. Like that made just made sense. I think I did that when I bought the controllers for my phone. I was like, "Yeah, it's my iPhone Switch." Exactly, iPhone Switch. And now I can use. I I I I saw it said that what just what you said. I was like, "Okay, this with Apple Arcade, maybe I'll have my Switch." Because there are there are some Zelda ish games on there, Ocean Horn, I think some of it's called, right. uh, and 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 they've got other games that are all very consoleless now. I have to treat it like a Switch, and that I can't do what you were just talking about. Like I can't pull on the coffee shop, and then like be turning it sideways and looking like I'm playing the, the controller stuff, but, but I, I can use it at home or on traveling and stuff like that. So now I'm kind of excited about that. I, I don't, I'll report back in a couple of weeks, how it's, if it's sticking with me, if I am not playing it, uh, but it's me, it's re re-energized me to go back into the thing. Now, something I don't like is a mini review of that backbone thing. It works great. It's easy. It's simple. It goes, uh, but it makes you download an app. Okay. Right. Okay. Sure. Fine. And the app doesn't do anything except it does a ton, but it, nothing I want. Like it is a, uh, it's a way to stream your, your games and connection to Twitch and live record and put things in the cloud. It's all social media driven. And like, I don't want any of that. And, and every time I put it on, it wants me to like launch that app. And I'm, you don't have to run it with the app, by the way, you can just close it. No, it just, it just works. Right. But the thing is that that every time it tells me, hey, you haven't registered for your free year of this app yet. The app is like 50 bucks a, a year or something. I'm like, I don't want social media, you know, app thing on my games and stop asking me for giving me this free year so that I will forget a subscription service for $50. Um, so, yeah, that that's real super annoying. It, it doesn't give you free games. It doesn't give you anything. It just makes it just streaming. It's a great interface for all of your streaming. And, like, if you want to save your games, not save your games, save your, like, video clips of it, it puts it in the cloud and all that stuff. So, hate that. But I do just delete it. The, they did that with the PlayStation 4. And I've yeah. never, like, there's a button on my controller. The share button. I, I don't know. On 5, they took that off. They should have. No one uses that thing. Well, halfway through the PlayStation 4 lifecycle 2, they, they stopped their deal with Facebook. So the share button used to be, like, you put share, and then it would say, post to Facebook. Now it was like, share, do you want to save a file to your to your place? And you're like, no. <laughs> no. It, there's no integrations with, with Twitch or anything. So I, I don't, I'm even speaking a lot, but I don't think that, that share button worked out the way that that they had hoped um i remember yeah. back in the day um and i i guess i had a ps3 i'm trying to think why i would have been watching but i watched the big playstation 4 uh thing the big announcement and they they set up um i remember the moment because they're like we're gonna announce a partnership that's never before been done with sony and I'm going to invite a special guest up on the stage. And I think it was Metzen. It was Chris Metzen from Blizzard. But it's like a Blizzard guy, right? So yeah. like a tall American white dude walks on this stage full of like kind of short old Japanese guys. Yeah, right, yeah. And I'm like, what? That's a Blizzard guy. And it was, you know, it was Diablo 3 yeah. on, on PlayStation. But Do you know any updates on that game for when it's coming out? 
Anything? Anything at all? Or, I don't think so. It's I, been two years, by the way, since we was, last I've saw that review. Really put off of all of my Blizzard stuff after the the yeah. loss of the news. It just made yeah. me feel bad to even think about. So I had not been following it, but I I think I've started to see YouTube videos about um uh the remastered Diablo two, which yeah. seems kind of cool. But I'm not. I, I know two people who got it and did the WoW Classic thing like two weeks later. Like, okay, I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and not even, not even two weeks usually. You know? And I'm not. I'm not, uh, you know, excited to give Blizzard money right now. Yeah, They've gotten a lot of my money. Like, like a a year from a year from Overwatch, like a year ago from this January was the rumored Overwatch beta, mm. and right now they're not even talking about it, even close to going into beta. They're not even saying words beta even. Uh, so, like, man, Blizzard, we know you're slow, but it's, it's, I don't know. They just yeah. with, with all that. Weird stuff. They, they need something to bring them back into relevance or people are going to hate them with that lawsuit after the things. I mean, yeah, yeah, they got to do something or it's going to be terrible. So, uh, okay. So I think that's what we got this week, man. We did, did a lot of stuff. So we're going to go watch um, some, a good movie that, yep. you know, I hadn't heard of in a while. Mr. Mom. I'm excited about that one. And do, we'll report back on our, our crab tailgating. With yeah. The gold. I'm sure that'll be amazing. Yeah. Well, it, watch it pour down rain. and tear Right. Down, right. Tear, all right well you've been listening to front porches episode 220 uh special thanks as always to our friends at geek scholars movie news and lrm online if you want to reach out to us via email and give us suggestions for your favorite 80s movies that we should watch and discuss uh you can do that via email the address is front porch pod all one word at gmail.com all one word is not part of it um all one word go to our website frontporchpodcast.com there are contact forms there. There's a woefully out of date uh, uh, list of our upcoming weekly challenge movies. Um, and what else? I don't know. Comment boxes on the episodes. Oh, and show notes. When we talk about board games, I try to put yeah. uh, uh, links to those um, and other things you can check out. Uh, if you enjoy the front porch, please consider subscribing on the podcatcher of your choice. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we always appreciate that. As always, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. Put us on porch. Hi, everybody. See you next time.